What are our biggest takeaways from Ravens Bucks on Thursday night football? And who should you promote from your bench into your starting lineups here in week eight? All that and more in this episode of the Lockdown Dynasty Football Podcast. You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Today's episode of Locked On Dynasty is sponsored by Simply Safe Home Security. With Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe, 24-7 monitoring agents capture evidence to accurately verify a threat for faster police response. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Visit simplysafe.com slash lockdown NFL to learn more. Welcome into the Lockdown Dynasty Football Podcast, everybody. I am Kate Majuk. You can follow me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. And as always, I am joined by my good friend, Marcus Mosier. You could follow him on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And you've got to hit the subscribe button. You got to check us out on YouTube, uh, Lockdown Dynasty, because we're posting shows every day and, and we want to give you the information in whatever way you learn best and we're going to help you build the ultimate dynasty roster. Marcus, Thursday night football week eight is in the books. We finally had a game that kind of didn't suck. Kind of sucked, but it like kind of didn't, didn't suck. suck. Like it, was, it was fun, right? It was 10 to 13 at halftime. Then we got a lot of scoring from Baltimore in the uh, third quarter. It was, it was a fun game. Um, the problem is not a lot of fantasy takeaways from this one, but let's uh, let's jump right into it. Okay, let's start with the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, they put up 27 points in this game. Lamar Jackson, 238 yards and two touchdowns, also added in 43 yards in the ground. Thought he was fine in this game, especially in the second half. I didn't put up massive numbers, but I think those are probably going to end up being QB1 numbers this week, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. I mean, it, when you tack on on the rushing nine carries, 43 mm. yards, that's going to help your case in many ways. But a really interesting game. I think we should start with the Baltimore Ravens because I think there's uh, there's less to digest, I feel yes. like, on this side yes. of the ball. So Lamar Jackson and company, I like, I want to say the first half of that game, dreadful, absolutely dreadful. I mean, the offense and, looked future. There was a drive they had, 12 plays for 22 yards. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. Um, like, so I, I want to go back to that first half, Marcus, because I thought it was a really, really weird first half. They did not uh, at all stick to their kind of identity. Uh, Greg Roman called a really weird first half where they did not try to run the ball at all. And I think uh, maybe that, uh, you know, I think the broadcasters brought it up uh, 70 to 80 times, uh, but there were lots of injuries in that buck secondary. But I think what we learned in this game is that like this offense clicks best when it is based around the run, Yeah, like it, you know, scheming for an opponent's secondary, that's fine. But like when this team gravitates away from its own identity, things seem to fall apart. And they came back in the second half, started to run the ball, and it looked like a completely different team. Lamar Jackson looked like a completely different quarterback. So hopefully that was a lesson learned uh, for the the entire, uh, you know, scheme there like we're, mm-hmm. we're not going to grab away gravitate away from the run Gus Edwards was really running away with things he had 11 carries 65 yards ended up going down with a hamstring injury a that looked pretty pretty significant so I, I think we're going to get updates on that as of Friday but 
Marcus, I, I think the takeaway here is that everybody kind of looked good in their respective roles, but it seems like Kenyon Drake is once again going to be the guy if Gus Edwards is out for any specified period of time. We, we should mention that I thought Edwards looked the best of all the running backs. Kenyon Drake had one long run in this game. Other than that, he was kind of bottled up. Justice Hill looked fine. Um, it's just a bummer because Edwards got hurt on his longest run of the day, and you could see like he was running with quickness and power. The Ravens have a bye, I believe, in Week 10. I think they play the Saints next week on Monday Night Football, and then a bye. I have to assume we're not going to see Edwards next week, even that, even though they have the this kind of long, what, eleven day break until their next game. Makes sense that they're going to to let him heal up. I still think Edwards could be somebody that helps you win a, win your league this year. I, I just don't trust J.K. Dobbins to come back and be a big part of this offense. If Edwards can't stay relatively healthy, why couldn't he get 14 carries in this offense and be the goal line runner like we saw last week? I, I, think, I think I'm still buying Gus Edwards in dynasty leagues, even after the hamstring injury. I mean, I think Gus Edwards just a, a super, super – interesting player because I I think he's just one of the most underrated running backs in the NFL. I wrote about him over this week on the gaming society.com and did a little profile on Gus Edwards and Marcus. He is a fascinating, fascinating guy because he got paid as one of the uh, more highly paid pure backup running backs in the league. And I mean, statistically uh, back to his time entering the NFL, Marcus, there is not a single running back that has a lower stuff rate than Gus Edwards. Like he has, uh, I believe one fewer carry of 20 plus rushing yards in his career than like Alvin Kamara. Like this dude is supremely underrated. I do think he's a buy. And I think, um, you know, stash him, especially now while he's injured, you know, maybe you can stick him on, on your IR while he's out. But um, let's talk about the, the, passing game okay so we saw Lamar he had a a fine second half but Mm -hmm. uh, early we had Mark Andrews go down with injury uh, came down with a shoulder Uh, probably not serious it sounds like that's what Harbaugh said after the game not serious Uh, again wouldn't be surprised if they gave him next week off because of the bye but I don't think this is a long-term absence or anything like that yeah and then you know Stepping up in his absence, Isaiah likely caught six of his seven targets, 77 yards and a touchdown. This was definitely the breakout game for Isaiah likely. Um, I mean, I think he's going to be, you know, a, a top receiving option here. We already know that that was his forte coming out of college uh, was that presence as a receiver. And I do think that, uh, you know, we're we're going to, have him I, like I wouldn't be surprised if they actually converted him to just a wide receiver like yeah. I don't know why we're trying to it, call him a tight end like he's 6'4 235 like he's a small dude <laughs> like he's a so big receiver he's small for a tight end yeah no I standing next to him I would literally probably be up to his elbows but I like he for a tight end. He's quite small. I would not be surprised at all. Like, I mean, title doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, hopefully they do keep him in the tight end designation for our fantasy teams. They will. They will. Um, <laughs> he's probably, I mean, we don't really handcuff tight ends ever. Like that's not really something the fantasy community does. 
But this is one you might have to consider doing. And I know he's out there. Most people are holding on to him in your dynasty leagues after a monster preseason. But okay, he's just hashtag good. Uh, and anytime he's got an opportunity, it seems like he's making plays. And you can see that he's really dynamic after the catch. Yeah, he's um, got some juice. And what's crazy is because the tight end position is so bad, <laughs> we could theoretically rank him as like a top 25 tight end right now, even though he's blocked behind Mark Andrews because he's just that talented. And there's going to be weeks where he gets five targets and he catches all of them for 65 yards and a touchdown, kind of like he did this week. So I I really, really like Isaiah Likely going forward. Something worth noting, uh, and I, I don't know how this is going to factor in, but so far on the season, Marcus, Isaiah Likely among, uh, you know, 2022 draft pick tight ends, he has one of the lowest pass blocking pass blocking grades out of any of these Great. guys. It's the the third lowest pass blocking grade per PFF. Um, he's allowed one uh, or no quarterback hits at this point, but uh, definitely, like I think this this points to the fact that his role is purely going yep. to be as, as a receiver, and that's that's always good it, for our fantasy it, teams. He's not a run blocker either, so you're not putting him on the field to block, which is honestly, it's great for us in fantasy because that means yeah. when he's playing, there's a good chance that he's going to get targeted, which obviously means he's going like to get that. fantasy points. So We like targets. Uh, the rest of the receivers did do much. Devin DuVernay did score a rushing touchdown in this game. Uh, I think he's a what-the-heck flex every single week. Other than that, James Rochet, three for 24. Rashad Bateman left with an injury. He's fine. Demarcus Robinson, six for 64. Seems like Deshaun Jackson's coming back. or He's going to be inserted into the lineup relatively soon. I don't know how you can trust any of these receivers going forward. Even Rashad Bateman when he's healthy. It's just, it's such an up and down receiving crew uh, for the Ravens. Yeah, I, I also, like similar to Mark Andrews, I would not at all be surprised if they... Uh, have Bateman take a seat next week. I hope uh, they was already questionable heading into this game, left again with the same injury. I think uh, allowing him some time to rest up would be fine. But in terms of pass catchers in the coming week, you're looking at Isaiah Likely. You're maybe flexing Devin DuVernay. But I that's think it. that's about it for this offense. Yep. All right, let's talk about, talk about the Tampa Bay side of things. Woof. Mm-hmm. Woof. Uh, but before we do that, we want to tell you about Simply Safe. Here is a sports analogy for you. When it comes to burglars, your home is like the end zone, and you need the absolute strongest defense that you can muster. That's why we use and trust Simply Safe Home Security. At Simply Safe, your, your safety is the only thing that matters. It's cutting edge technology powered by 24 7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back so that you know your home is safe. Simply Safe blankets your home in protection with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door. They have HD security cameras for inside and outside your home. Smarter ways to detect motion that only alert you when a threat is real. And they even have hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash NFL. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive interactive monitoring plan and get your first month absolutely free. Visit simplysafe.com slash lockdown NFL to learn more. There is no safe like Simply Safe. All right, Kate, let's talk about Tampa Bay. Um, 
My hot Where take to start. My hot take for Tampa Bay is I thought Brady didn't look all that bad. I actually thought he was fine in this game. 325 yards of the touchdown. He did have a couple stinker throws. He had one throw down the field to Scotty Miller that was way underthrown. But I thought for the most part, he played fine. Drew the PI on that call, by the way. Yeah. So it's just everybody else looks so bad. Let's start with Leonard Fournette, um, who we really liked going into the season. Nine carries, 24 yards, and a touchdown. He's that touchdown saved you. Three for 34 in the passing game. Like he's just not producing any big yardage totals for you right now. No, he's not been at all efficient. Uh, like this is tied for, or this is just above his career low rush average. Uh, career low came in his second year in Jacksonville, 3.3 yards per carry. He's at 3.45 yards per carry this year. I mean, like still getting 14 rush attempts per game. That's, that's fine. Um, but I think what we saw yesterday was the fact that like this team, uh, you know, when they were, they were moving the ball quickly when they were in a, um, you know, a, a fast moving pace, this team had Rashad white in the lineup and Rashad white, he, he looks pretty darn good. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't really think there's any way not to get him involved uh, even further, especially with the, the, you know, struggles that we're seeing Leonard Fournette And you know what, Marcus, we saw how effective Tom Brady was, especially in the short game. Yep. We know he's like a surgical passer when he's executing like these, these short passes screens, like he can read those situations like a book. And I do think that right now that feels more like Rashad white territory than yep. it does Leonard Fournette. So, Kate, if you remove week one for Fournette, where he had a huge game against the Cowboys, 21 carries for 127 yards, you just remove that one. Weeks two through eight, he is averaging 37 rushing yards per game. 37. And, I mean, he's getting some work in the passing game. Um, You know, 34 yards in this one. He had, you know, against Atlanta, he had 10 receptions for 83 yards. So that, that part of his game is saving you. But the rushing numbers are just gross. And it's a reason why, even despite having really good receiving production, he's not an RB1. And that's, I mean, I think we just have to expect that he's going to be a middling RB2 the rest of the season. I do think that some of this uh, has to be going back to the offensive line. And For sure. the fact that, I mean, this this unit was absolutely decimated by injury ahead of the season. But, I mean, I think... To your point, Tom Brady didn't look as bad. I think they they schemed up some good throws. He did have some misses, but was able to connect on enough plays. This team's not scoring touchdowns, though, Marcus. Like, just nine passing touchdowns for Tom Brady, Yikes. like through eight games. That's that's not that's not what you want. If you're like an underdog or prize picks better, I'm I'll I'll smash the over on his passing yards every day. But I'm not touching his touchdown totals anytime soon. And I think that just comes back to the, like the chemistry seems off with this team, right? It just doesn't seem like something feels weird about them, right? They just don't feel like a Super Bowl team from two years ago. Like, like this is Tom Brady and this is his page. This is the page that everybody else is on. And it's, we've got to, we've got to bring it together. But I mean, I, I don't know how we get there. Uh, I don't either, but you know what? Like, uh, kudos to Mike Evans, who I think is making it, the best of a bad situation. Like, for all of the misses that he and Tom Brady had yesterday, 
I do think that, I mean, Mike Evans absolutely shined. He had some really big boy catches in this game. And what's frustrating, Kate, is he had, he was wide open in the back of the end zone and Tom Brady just kind of sailed the ball out of bounds where he couldn't get his feet in bounds. Like he had multiple end zone targets, still finished with six for 123. He's been, he's been awesome this year, even though the touchdowns haven't been there. Yeah, I, I think it, it's definitely – this is one of the most confusing teams, I think, uh, in the NFL right now. They they dug themselves quite a hole. I mean, the Bucs, they're, they're three and five. They're in a division where, like, honestly, three and five could still keep you in contention for a win somehow. But I do think that they've they've got to start putting these pieces together. Um, but- by the way, I think Chris Godwin is somebody that I'm going to be looking to trade for after this week for a he couple of different fantastic. reasons. Fantastic! He, he he does look fantastic. He has six uh, receptions for 75 yards. Kate, he has over the last three weeks he has 36 targets from Tom Brady. He's yet to score a touchdown this season, so it's coming. Like he's going to regress to the mean when it comes to, to you know to, to touchdown totals. So for that to come, you also need Tom Brady to regress back to the mean, but which yes. he will. He, he will. will. Um, but I mean, 10 plus targets in each of the last three games. Like I think what we saw in week eight though, was like, he looked healthier than I feel like we've seen him look in a long time. Had a lot of burst, um, just looked really good. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited. I think, I think that's the guy that your takeaway from this is go out and get Chris Goblin. He's still pretty cheap in dynasty. I have I've seen his uh, ADP drop quite a bit. I think, I think he's going to be a good value moving forward. Um, everybody else in this offense, no thanks. Julio did catch a touchdown. He looked dreadful. Kate Otten, two for 15. Scotty Miller, two for 13. Brashad Perryman, one for 11. Evans and Goblin are really the only players that you can trust in this passing game at all. Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely true. I, but Mike Evans, though, if you're looking, I, Chris Godwin's going to be uh, the more expensive asset, of course. Yep. So. If you're looking for a, a you know a, a relatively cheap option at wide receiver, I do think Mike Evans is going to win you something. He's 29 years old, but Marcus in the most recent batch of Dynasty ADP over at Dynasty League Football, he was drafted on average as wide receiver 30. Yikes! Yikes! Like that's that's pretty wild for a guy that is just producing 100 yard games. Like it's they're coming out of his ears. Like Mike Evans is a good wide receiver. So yeah. I, I, I don't know what we're doing. All right, let's, uh, let's go to promotion commotion, the best segment of the week. But before we do that, now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. It can be tough to train your brain to stay in problem solving mode when faced with a challenge in life. But when you learn how to find your own solution, there's no better feeling. A therapist can help you become a better problem solver, making it easier to accomplish your goals, no matter how big or how small. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and most importantly, entirely available online. You don't even have to have your camera on if you don't want to. You can just talk to your therapist with it off. With it off. Um, absolutely fantastic. Get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and switch therapists at any time. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp.com slash locked on. 
All right, Kate, promotion, commotion. Uh, who are you promoting from your bench or from waivers into your starting lineups? All right, Marcus, uh, I'm going to start this off in a fun way. I'm going to roll with wide receiver for the Arizona Cardinals, Greg Dortch. Yes, sir. Welcome to my starting lineup, Greg Dortch. It's uh, rough sledding, but Marcus, we have seen Greg Dortch have like some pretty nice games. He's had three performances of 50 or more receiving yards. He's had some duds over the last week, uh, three weeks, actually only five total receiving yards in that span. But I do think that we are about to see, hopefully uh, a renewal in his usage. He's not really been in the lineup, which I'm super confused about, but I'm hoping, hoping, hoping that Cliff Kingsbury is going to see the matchup uh, against this uh, slot corner for, the Minnesota Vikings, uh, Shandon Sullivan, who is giving up uh, a league high, has given up 347 receiving yards in slot coverage, uh, allowing a passer rating of 130. And that's not in uh, you know a, a few number of snaps. It's not a few number of targets. That comes on 28 targets. He's allowed 24 of those to go for a reception. Like Just an absolute disaster. If this team really wants to beat up on the Minnesota Vikings, I do think that it's going to be Greg Dortch. We saw, you know, Rondale Moore, who I think is the perfect mm-hmm. slot guy. Uh, he was kind of moved to the outside last week, and we did see a small uptick in those snaps for Greg Dortch. I I think that I, I don't think Rondale on the outside was a smart move, but if they're going to keep him there, let's roll with Greg Dortch. Uh, he's a very high upside, but very low floor player. So, you got to roll the dice with this one, but the matchup is perfect. Uh, I'll give you another receiver. uh, That's a little bit gross. Uh, What about Traquan Smith? Uh, Last week, five for 59. uh, Did see six targets. He has a four for 105 yard game already this season. Uh, No Michael Thomas this week. No Jarvis Landry. The Raiders are without basically all of their top corners. And it feels like this is going to be a little bit of a shootout. The Raiders could put up points. The Saints are going to have to throw the ball. I like Traquan Smith this week to to run a bunch of routes, see six or seven targets, and who knows, maybe turn one of those into a touchdown. Marcus, this actually has one of the uh, higher over-unders on the week. 49.5 points is the over-under. Um, not many games. Uh, I think it's exactly. just one or two that have an over-under ahead of them. Um, I think it's just one, actually. I think they have the second highest over-under. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. but... I think, honestly, there are a couple guys that you might be able to consider. Obviously, we have Juwan Johnson, who's uh, you know, coming off a very nice multiple-score game. Thoughts uh, on Rashid Shahid, who's uh, come on a little bit as of late. He's only been active two games, and uh, hey, he has, he has a touchdown. I like that. He has that. two of the longest touchdowns in this, of the season. Let's um, do it. He's just not getting enough work. That's that's no. the only bad thing. Uh, yeah, 10 offensive snaps last week. But, I mean, hey. I, I got another one for you, Kate. Uh, how about a really gross one? If you're in a bad spot for running backs, what about Malcolm Brown for the Rams? Um, K-Maker's not going to play this week. Terrell Henderson has an illness, and I believe he missed Wednesday and Thursday practice. I know the matchup isn't great against the 49ers. I get it. But if you can get a running back who's going to get a lot of work and it's going to be on the field. And we know the Rams love to run it inside the five yard line. Why not Malcolm Brown this week? I I think that's, that's perfectly acceptable. 
Let's roll over to quarterback. I do want to give a shout out to Sam Ellinger, who I'm like kind of all in on starting. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm not feeling too bad about that. Like he's uh, a, a quarterback out of Texas, you know, has a, a versatile skill set, Marcus, that I feel like is kind of underrated. He's a great runner uh, to date. He has the 17th most career scrimmage touchdowns in the NCAA 22nd most total yards in the NCAA. And like, let's go back to his preseason. He had a great showing 289 passing yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions, uh, had a uh, 147.8 passer rating, uh, which literally led all quarterbacks in the preseason with 20 or more pass attempts. Like I know it's the preseason, but he looked good. Like I find preseason more alarming when you look bad against the second and third stringers. Like I'm not going to dock you for being good. I'm going to give you a great example. Um, I remember sitting at the fantasy football expo at at the bar there and watching Matt Ryan get obliterated by the Bills' second and third team defense. Like he looked awful. He, they couldn't even get a single first down. Sam Ellinger comes in and they're at least able to move the ball against that same unit. And, I remember calling a friend of mine and being like, listen, I think Matt Ryan might be washed, washed. And he's like, no, no, Buffalo's defense is really good, which it was. But I think you're right. Like, if you look awful, really awful in preseason, it's typically a pretty good sign of things to come. But for the case of Sam, why couldn't he come in, Kate, and have 200 yards passing, 50 yards rushing, and a rushing touchdown? Yeah, I I think he's a really, really nice flex option, Marcus. He had – Uh, at least 375 rushing yards in every single one of his seasons at UT Um, had 16 rushing touchdowns in his 2018 season. Like this dude has plenty of wheels. I think that, that like, especially against a Raiders secondary that is banged up, I think uh, against a team that does not have like any tape on him at the pro level outside of the preseason, like the, the, Game plan for Sam Ellinger's, I think, uh, at least schematically for the Colts, should be really different than that of Matt Ryan. So, like, he's getting, you know, I I think an edge in multiple ways here because not only uh, are they seeing a relatively new quarterback to the NFL that they have limited tape on, but also they're not able to scheme for this guy because they don't really know how the Colts are going to use him. So. I, I really like Sam Ellinger and I would not be surprised if he finished somehow as a top 12 quarterback this week. And I'm not even kidding. All right. Um, let's play a little game really quickly before we head out. You tell me who, if you would start Sam over these quarterbacks, yeah. Zach Wilson. Yes. Matt Stafford. Yes. Against the 49ers. Uh, Ryan Tannehill bagged up playing against Houston. Yes. Taylor Heineke. Yes. Russell Wilson. Ugh. Yes. Justin Fields. Yes. Against Dallas. Oh man. Aaron Rodgers against Buffalo. <laughs> against Buffalo in Buffalo. Yes, Marcus. Yes. I'm yes. We are all in on Sam this week. This all be... in on Sammy. Like good for Sammy. Uh I, I think like he's I, I think he's you. in a good spot. I think we're we're uh we're in a situation, especially like right now where the quarterback position sucks all over the place. Like yes. the bar's not very high, Marcus. I, I think we could be in a, an interesting spot here. Oh, I love it. This is so good. Uh, all right. That is it for today's show. Thank you for making Lockdown Dynasty your first listen 
For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reaction, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. All the same places that you would download the Locked On Dynasty podcast. Please follow the show on YouTube. We would love it if you could subscribe over there. It helps us out. It continue, or allows us to continue to make these videos. Follow Kate on Twitter at FFBallBlast. I am at Marcus underscore Mosier. Enjoy the games. And we'll see you next time.